Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Eccentric, the makers of the K-Box and the new K-Pulley. Guys, flywheel training's really grown in popularity of late, and although it's something that's been around for a while, the simple reason that it's grown in popularity is because it works. We've been lucky to have a K-Box in our weight room for the past three years, and we've seen some really great things when it comes to improving the athlete's ability to change direction, and then looking at our return to play protocols with different lower body injuries with the student athletes. The love-hate relationship that everyone has with the K-Box is now just going to grow more with the addition of the K-Pulley. The ability to do standing presses, pulls, rip-throughs, and knee drive exercises is just going to be another arsenal to our training and another addition to the love-hate relationship that our student-athletes have with the awesome tools that come from Eccentric. Go ahead and hop over to Eccentric.com today to check out what they have. Guys, I can't recommend it enough, and I guarantee you won't be disappointed not just with the products, but with the awesome customer service that Eccentric provides. Hey, everybody. If you enjoy the podcast and the content that it provides, make sure you hop over and check out the all-new Strength Coach Network. The Strength Coach Network is a combination of the CVA SPS community and the Rugby Strength Coach community, bringing you what is sure to be the Internet's leading resource for continuing education for strength and conditioning professionals. Combining these two resources has allowed us to bring some of the best content from some of the best minds in the world together for your one-stop shop to better improve the continuing education for not just yourself, but your entire staff. Bringing together all of the lectures from the Rugby Strength Coach community, along with the lectures exclusively done for the Central Virginia Sport Performance community, and all the lectures performed at the Central Virginia Sport Performance Seminar, make this an absolute must for performance coaches around the world. The world-class lectures at the Strength Coach Network are not all that you'll see as well. The discussion in the forums and the support and the career guidance from some of the top practitioners in the world, from people all over the world, makes this an absolute must and a great place for you to network, learn, and grow as a performance professional. So hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com and use the code CVASPS, that's C-V-A-S-P-S, to get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. We're sure you're going to find great value in the Strength Coach Network and are really excited to have you involved. So hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com and use the code CVASPS to check it out today. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today, guys, I have the absolute pleasure of sitting down and discussing vertical jump and how to evaluate it with your athletes, with Project Pure Athletes, Tyler Ray. Guys, after a quick intro, Tyler's going to dive right into how he evaluates jumping technique and uh, how he breaks it down, including some terminology that he utilizes uh, over a PPA, which is which is some pretty intriguing stuff. Uh, then he's going to share us with like how he's incorporating strength training, explosive work like jumps and plyos and such with technique work and how these all mold and move together in a positive fashion. And guys, we're going to finish off talking about, you know, how he quantifies jumping and how he's looking at the numbers to drive training and, and the role of video and how that, not just through social media, but actually analyze, analyzing it and looking at how the athletes move has really helped him improve as a coach and, and drive the athlete's training forward. This is really an awesome talk, guys. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Let's get right to it. Tyler, thank you so much for spending the time with us today, man. Absolutely. My pleasure to, to be here. I appreciate the invite. Yeah, man. Well, listen, let's, uh, let's get right to it. Let's let, cause we got a lot of cool stuff we're going to talk about today. I'm, I'm fired up for this. So let, let's, let's start out with, with who's Tyler Ray, where are you at? What you, what you got going there and what brought you to where you're at now, man? 
Yeah, well, um, so I, I own a business called Project Pure Athlete Incorporated. I am a kind of hybrid business between strength conditioning, athletic performance, and then I serve the world kind of uh, largely as a uh, vertical jump and jump technique expert. So um, I travel all over the place. I lecture, I do workshops, and and do a lot of like in-person, one-on-one and small group with athletes that are looking to looking to um, understand jumping, I think, on a different level. And that's been my goal over the last handful of years is really to open up um, a different lens to look through for vertical jumping than I think what's been out there for the longest time in that strength conditioning world that jumping is really, you know, it's force application, strength and power, get as light as possible and you leave the earth and, and you can get up in the air. And, and what I say is that you absolutely will and you'll jump higher until you don't anymore. And that's where I come in, which is looking through the lens of technique and position to be able to create um, additional advantage. So um, I, I'll kind of walk you through a little step by step. This is my 14th year now as a strength conditioning coach. Um, I've had the business for almost 10 years. Um, so I've been doing my thing for quite some time, but probably not as visible to most uh, until the last handful of years as Instagram and, and social media has been a, just a wonderful vessel to be able to get the message further out there. So. Um, I was a I'm longtime competitive athlete, did track and field for the University of Windsor up here in Canada. That's where I'm from. Good old Canadian boy. Um, but I'm in the most southern point of Canada in Windsor, right across the border from Detroit. Um, so we're about as a uh, diet of Canadian as they come. So we're, <laughs> we're probably just a little bit a uh, little off the American tip there. So um, it's and it's a nice city to be in because it allows me to travel really easily because Detroit's right there. So domestic flights within the states are are perfect and and a lot more convenient for me. So it's a, a really great area for me to be located. Um, I have a, a local contingent of athletes that I train out of the, uh, our, our headquarters here, and I have a very small local contingent. I like to keep things small because I'm serving more as a specialist um, as of late. So. Um, it really is, I'm looking for a specific type of athlete, one that is trying to learn how to be a well-rounded athlete, more than the physical, more than the mental. It's just walk this path and, and experience athletics in hopefully a different way than they thought was possible. So that's where I'm really trying to fill the space right now is in that vertical jump field. Uh, transition from being a track athlete with the University of Windsor and then into a, an eight-year stint as a professional show dunker. I traveled all over the world jumping really high and dunking basketballs for crowds um, of all shapes and sizes and makes and models. And uh, it was really, really cool to be able to experience a lot of the globe through um, the vessel of dunking. And usually when I say that I was a dunker, people go, oh yeah, you mean like the, the fucking trampolines and stuff? I can, I can swear on your podcast. Is that okay? I just want to make sure we're good here. 100%. <laughs> just, you know, Canadians, they tend to swear a little bit more. I, I see anyway. Um, but so yeah, I did, I did the professional dunk thing. I am six feet tall, and at my peak, um, the highest test I ever did was 47.5 inches off of a, a four-step approach. Um, so I jumped very high and absolutely have loved dunking since I was like a small, uh, a little kid. I can remember you know, my buddies going out and calling me out to play basketball. And I would like pass up the opportunity to go hoop just to go in my backyard and like put the net down and work on dunks. I just, there was something about the skill of dunking that really resonated with me from an athletic standpoint and uh, just a personal standpoint. So it was like an art for me. And I think that's, you know, what's happened over the, over the course of my career is I've, I've tried to learn how to communicate jumping from almost uh, an artistic standpoint and getting people familiarized with a nomenclature of jumping that I don't think many people uh, know of or, or necessarily um, have even been exposed to. 
Um, so that's kind of where I'm at right now. It's been a it's been a, a wonderful journey of of you know you know the the ebbs and flows of the strength conditioning business and being a per, you know quote unquote personal trainer is you know the early on I, I dealt with the inconsistencies and and where I wanted to be. I was in and out of big gyms and in and out of small studios, trying to find where I fit, and it really came down to just leaning into what I love and what I love is, is, is jumping and I understand it very well and I'm able to communicate it, um, efficiently enough that obviously it's lent itself to make me recognized um, all over the place. So I'm, I am just happy to speak my message whenever I can, man. Sensational. And I'm excited to get a little bit more of that message going. So let's run down that artistic rabbit hole because I think that you know, when people look at jumping, we talk power. We talk it's probably the simplest measure of power. And we talk about how it's the easiest one to, to look at because it's something that everyone can do. Right. So let's let's take a step back and let, let's let our listeners in behind the eyes of, of Tyler. What are you looking mm. at? Like where, first of all, how do you identify who these people are that you're going to work with? And how do you oh. identify what they need to get better at? Yeah, so I'm I'm reached out to. So when it comes down to it, I mean, I'll I'll be put in front of whoever I need to be put in front of. I've worked with everybody from from brand new athletes all the way up to, to Team Canada, Team USA, and professional athletes. So I mean, I've been exposed to a wide variety of of athletic um, uh, just people in athletics in general. So for me, it's it's when I get in front of an athlete, it's a matter of seeing how they jump uh, with their with their natural ebbs and flows. So it's allowing allowing them to get themselves warmed up, so I can see if whether we have holes in the warm up process when it comes to <clears throat> things as simple as just um, you know the excitatory process of the nervous system, getting yourself firing and explosive. Are they do they know how to warm themselves up properly to be explosive? Do, is there intent behind this session? And I, I talk a lot about with jump intent, which is really the, the, the environment we create around being explosive and jumping. And a lot of times, you know, with, with athletes that are naturally gifted at jumping, they take it, they take for granted the intent behind the jump and things become very lackadaisical and very ultra swaggy when it comes to jumping. You'll see this a lot with like basketball players that'll kind of it's almost like they under jump because they can, but we, I have to teach athletes to not necessarily mirror those traits of the elite, the, you know, the upper echelon, that 1% and because they're not, nat or not necessarily as naturally gifted as those people. So it's, it's, creating the environment around the jump and then it's helping athletes develop that that intuitive nature of jumping which is really the feel and when we talk about intuition we talk about how do we get athletes to feel jumping on a different level and that's past the force application standpoint it's really into winding and kind of intertwining jumping as a as a part a, a net a part of the network of that person like they breathe jumping when you see a jumper you'll know it's a jumper if you've spent any any time with them they do things like shadow jumping where like you'll see them kind of walking themselves through an approach in like a public setting they're the ones that walk into a into a facility and they immediately look up for things that they can touch they're like i bet you i can touch that i bet you i can go after that and it's that like ingrained need to jump that allows these people to become better over time because it, it's a they love it they fall in love with it so my job is how do i get someone to fall in love with jumping a little bit more to kind of ingrain those intuitive elements of jumping on a deeper level so then it's like, and then it really comes down to watching them jump. And what I'm looking for first is really how connected does this jump feel? And I, and I talk a lot about feeling and I actually just released a certification course, the first ever in, in jump techniques. So it's my Project Pure Athlete Level 1 certification, which is really just 
training coaches to understand my process and methodology, which a lot of it is, how does that jump feel? And then how do we articulate to the athlete how that jump felt to us and how we can help them improve when it comes down to the physical application of, of position and shape? Um, I talk a little bit more about positions as shapes versus like biomechanics. Like, yes, I have a, an understanding of biomechanics and, and the human body and physiology, but the athletes don't give a shit what you know about that. And you know, just as, as well as any other coach is our job is to coach first is communicate a message and, and have them be empowered to feel what it like, what it's like to actually jump higher. So we, we watch them jump. I, I take a look at how connected that looks and I take video. We run it through a technique app and I sit there and I walk an athlete through it. I tell them what I'm looking for. A lot of jumping when it comes to more than the, the stationary jump, our counter movement comes down to approximating the center of mass in relation to what's called our plant foot. So a two foot jump, which is the space I'm, I specialize in. One foot jump technique has been present for quite a long time through the vessel of track and field. Okay, I was a track athlete. You've coached uh, track um, as well. So you understand that when it comes to producing power in a track and field setting, position is everything. As, and, and the amortization of acceleration and speed through a takeoff becomes absolutely paramount. So there's nothing different when it comes to a two-foot takeoff. The only difference was there wasn't, there wasn't nomenclature that surrounded uh, a two-foot platform and that's where I came in to try to popularize and standardize vertical jumping on a, on a two-foot level as well. So it's taking a look at where the center of mass – so for, let's say, for instance, it's a guy jumping. We know the center of mass for a guy is really so more up around the sternal region, uh, the upper body. So keeping that center of mass behind the plant foot for a two-foot jump, the last two contacts we make – and you'll see as someone jumps, the last two contacts will be plant foot and then what we call block foot. Plant foot is our primary power source. It's basically what um, uh, originates the amortization or the storage and release of energy through a jump. And our block foot, which is our last stride, I would say block equals break. That block foot is applied, and in the PPA methodology, it's, it's punched in such a way that it provides a sharp break, and it also creates a platform for takeoff. If the block is too close to your plant, you'll blow through a takeoff. If it's too far away from your plant, you'll decelerate through takeoff and lose a lot of potential energy. So it's really taking a look at how the athlete gets into these positions, where their center of mass is in relation to those contact points, and then tr taking them through a series of, of drills and, and, and technical exercises to help uh, facilitate new position. I love it. So then how then do these exercises progress? Because right there, uh, it, it, two parts. One, it's mm. it's must be challenging at times to bring people to two foot jumping because I think that there's a lot of people that for some reason think they can they'll always be able to jump higher off one foot than two I don't know math says otherwise um you're not wrong with that you're not wrong with that statement a lot of it is to do with the fact that it feels like you can carry more speed through takeoff with a one foot attempt but what happens a lot of time is if we don't have the the position and the and the in the dynamic stability to be able to transition horizontal velocity vertically what'll happen is it'll be a shallow angle of takeoff and they're not maximizing that transition of of velocity to lift so we're losing a little bit of that with the one foot a lot of times now that being said there are some athletes that of course will jump higher up one foot and a lot of that is just depending 
dependent upon like sport history and, and where they've come from. Um, and then maybe a little bit of anthropomorphics as well. Like maybe they're just built that way and maybe that's just how their body thrives. Um, but when it comes down to like a two foot jump attempt, I'm typically working with people that use two foot jumping. So a lot of basketball players, volleyball players, um, I do work with track athletes and in, in one foot mechanics as well. But like I serve the large majority of the volleyball and the basketball realm, um, when it comes to the work I do. Awesome. So then let me put my strength coach hat back on really quick mm -hmm. and say, so we've talked technique, we've talked evaluating movement. How do we look at strength when it comes to playing this? And where do you find that either pro con or somewhere in the middle? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's always going to be the foundation. I think like the important thing to understand about what I do is that this doesn't exist independent of strength training. This is, this is another lane that is to run parallel to strength and conditioning. So, you know, being a strength coach myself, it's how do I implement technical elements into the protocol of what we already have going on here? Two ways you can really do this. One is it can be implemented in, into some type of complex um, that you already have. So maybe a technique drill will take the place of a plyometric, a standard plyometric drill. So maybe instead of doing a, you know, a box jump or a drop jump or depth jump, maybe they'll be doing a technique-specific plyo. Um, for instance, what we call a penultimate depth jump. I actually just posted this video on my YouTube, um, which is basically – an athlete will walk through a, a slightly elevated riser, so something maybe six to 10 inches high, and they'll transition off that box the same way they would through their approach. So for instance, if you were a right-left plant sequence, which, me, which means your last two contacts are right foot plant, left foot block, that athlete or you would step onto the box with your left foot, you would push through that penultimate stride. Now, I wanna touch base on what all this kind of means in context. And then you would basically take off as a jump the same way you would if you just did this off flat ground. So I use a lot of these technique drills to either sub out specific um, plyometrics or they'll be used on a, a subsequent day um, at, as a technique specific day. So I typically will do three to four days strength uh, and conditioning with the athletes and then they'll have one to two days of technique um, that kind of uh, complements everything. So that's the key is it has to run in parallel. Technique isn't a band-aid. It's not, hey, come see me when you, you think your jump is shit and we'll fix it and then you come back and see me whenever. It's come see me, let's analyze this, let's assess it, let's give you some protocol to move forward with and you use that synergistically with the, the strength conditioning that you're doing. I, I feel like I went off on a tangent. <laughs> no, you totally did. And then you brought me into another question, which mm -hmm. is how do you make those decisions then? Where, how do you decide whether it's going to be something where it's an individual meeting the strength, power, speed outputs, or mm -hmm. the ability to withstand the force? Or how do you decide if it's a technical issue? Or... Like you just said, is it so in conjunction that there is just a progression that rocks through it? I think the easiest way and what I found over time to work the most is, is when I analyze jump, I analyze two jumps, right? We analyze a counter movement, which is a stationary movement with a counter movement of the arms. It's probably the easiest measure of, of power output that we can use as a strength coach. But it exposes a lot of things through position, um, you know, such as the connectedness really lends itself to let me know where that athlete's dominance lies. So typically how the athlete load that, loads that jump will snapshot a big picture for me in terms of where their strength bias currently is. And that will allow me to kind of structure their, their program specifically toward that. So let's say, for an instance, an athlete releases the hips 
um, well before they release the knee and they end up in a very flexed position with a shallow knee bend. It's going to show me the athlete is heavily dependent upon posterior chain activation and, and rapid hip extension to generate vert verticality. So I would then have some, some um, protocols in place to benefit a little bit more of of a lot of that quadricep, deep knee flexion, um, hip flexors, things along that nature uh, on, on the strength side. But then you'd still obviously complement by, by implementing posterior chain dominant movements. And, um, and then when we step into kind of the full approach, this opens up even, even more of a snapshot for me. So the, the constant, and you touched on this, right? The constant in vertical jumping is power. There's, there's at no point an athlete doesn't require power to jump. I think the difference lies in how an athlete can utilize speed. So I'm currently working on uh, a classification system, and, and you, your podcast will be the first one to hear about this, so you know. But I'm working on a universal classification system for jumpers currently uh, that I'm really excited about. And, the, and the, the, the scale behind it is really I want to have a classification system that allows me to determine what type of a jumper I have, meaning how well does that athlete utilize speed and how well do they convert it will allow me to shape the, the training protocol a little bit more efficiently than it would if I was just to say put a generic strength conditioning program in place. So if we have a constant of power, the only shifting variable in that equation when it comes to a full approach jump is speed. Okay, so let's say, for instance, you jump um, and you touch 10 feet from a, a counter movement standing position. And then I say, listen, take as many steps as you want, run as fast as you want. Let's see how high you can touch. Let's say you touch 10 foot three off a full approach and we have a three inch difference between um, those jump measures. We then have what we call a speed value or an S value of three. So I'm able then to say, okay, no matter if you're jumping 10 foot, then 10 foot three, and I'm jumping, say, 11 foot and 11 foot three, we still have a speed value of three. What becomes the differentiating factor is the accumulation of the counter movement plus the full approach jump in terms of max inches. All right, so what we look at, let's say, for instance, again, like I said, you have a 25 inch vertical from standing. Um, I give you the option to add speed. You jump 30 inches. We have a cumulative vertical output of 55 inches. Then I've created basically a, um, a range of verticals between zero and 100 that will classify you, say, for instance, as an, uh, um, an intermediate jumper. Um, that's going to be the classification for where that range sets you. So you would be, that would give you a classification as an I, but you'd be an I five jumper. So five inch difference between standing and full approach. But then you also have a, a classification in terms of where you lie in terms of overall jump ability. So it allows me then to, to weigh athletes against each other, no matter if they're brand new or if they're of the elite level. So that's kind of where I'm at right now in terms of like trying to create something that allows coaches to, to, to weigh their athletes against each other, but also from the purposes of programming and, and structuring uh, the strength conditioning protocol it gives us a really nice snapshot as well. So my job really is to show athletes how to try to transition a little bit more of the potential from speed through their approach and into takeoff. And that will vary athlete to athlete because we do know that some athletes will requ require a greater um, ground contact time in order to produce the amount of usable force they require. Whereas say like a very reactive athlete um, might be able to get off the ground a little bit quicker, kind of maximizing ground contact, but not necessarily need to apply and, and force develop that much um, potential energy from their takeoff. So yeah, it's, it's, it's really just balancing out those factors. That gives me a pretty cool snapshot into how to, or what that athlete individually requires 
impact on a training level simply from positions they're getting into. So let's say, for instance, an athlete that approaches their jump jumps a certain height. I'm taking a look at as well of the of the degree of flexion of things like the knee and the hip to be able to kind of overview what part of their body that they're that they're um, gravitating toward using in that in that instance. So it's yeah, it's a handful of criteria that I use, but my eye is you know over the year has become a little bit quicker. I'm able to do that a little bit faster. So that's why this certification process is in place to be able to teach the methodology that I've come up with and the system that I've come up with over time to people that don't necessarily have the same type of eye and intuition about jumping that I do. And that was a struggle that I had for a while, whether or not I even wanted to bring this to the forefront of, of, of teaching coaches how to do it. But for, enough people came to me and said, dude, I want to learn. Um, can you put something in place? And I said, I've been working on something for a few years and I just got to a point where I ran through my beta certification with a couple, uh, my two first uh, PPA level one coaches last week, actually. So it's been a pretty cathartic last seven days or so, just things coming to fruition. You know, being a specialist and being in the private sector um, gives me a lot of flexibility in terms of what I do. But at the same time, it can be challenging to step into a lot of like the, the you know, the university world, a lot of the, co the collegiate level, because there's a certain requirement, this overarching, you know, everything's governed and, and, and um, through a lot of our certifying bodies. So when some, I come in and say, listen, like, this is what I do, well, they're like, well, where did you learn that? I'm like, well, I created it. It's mine. <laughs> so it's, it's a bit of a battle, but at the same time, it's one that I'm more than willing to, to fight. And um, I firmly believe that, you know, given a handful of more years, my methods will be used by even more people worldwide as a bit of a standard for uh, two-foot jumping. That's sensational, especially when you're able to look at it yourself. Um, how much, if any, impact has recording and video work had on what you've developed out there? I mean, I think that's the, the basis. Are you talking about content in general, like releasing stuff to the public, or you mean more so from the purpose of like, you know, analyzing and things like that? I, would, I was starting with analyzing, but mm. we can run with how that impacted the first one as well. Yeah. So from, from an analytical standpoint, like video is, is king. I mean, we need to be able to see that snapshot into, into our movement. We need to be able to creep that frame by frame to see what's happening at a, at a very quick neurological level where is if someone watches things in full speed, really, you know, jumping. And this is, this is something to, to take into consideration as well as we, most people watch jumping for the, for the outcome, meaning like all I'm looking for is how high they touch. And we kind of paint over the real issue, which is like, how the fuck did they get there? Like, how did they touch that? What's happening in the, in the minutia of that, of that approach that's lending itself to being able to get that athlete that high. I think we've always just thought, well, that athlete's just more powerful. Well, powerful is, is such a general term. Well, it's like a conversion. Where does it come from? Is it primarily through speed? Are they getting a lot of that power output through amortizing speed? Or is it just force production, stationary force production? So it's, it's yeah, it's being able to um, use that video analysis to, to benefit and more so give context to the athlete. And then for me, from a professional standpoint, giving context to the, to the masses so that they can understand what it is I'm actually speaking about. And you do that quite often, quite regularly, and quite openly. So let's, let me get you, get you out of here on this then, Tyler. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about what you're doing on Instagram. Let's talk about what you're trying to pass on because, you know, as a, as a big Gary Vaynerchuk fan, I think that mm -hmm. you definitely cross past, uh, past the 5149 that he talks about. Like, you put out a lot of really, really good stuff 
that can Thanks. be really helpful to people. So first of all, where are they going to see it? Mm. Um, and second of all, like, what are they going to see there? And, and what's the, what are we trying to do with it? Yeah. So, I mean, people can follow me over at, on Instagram at Project Pure Athlete. So all one word. And then I have a YouTube channel. Um, it's a, it's a smaller YouTube channel. It's, I'm just really started it. It's a uh, youtube.com slash Project Pure Athlete. But the, the Instagram over the last two years has really been kind of the, the catalyst to, to my methods being more globally recognized. So I've been doing what I've been doing for a long time. It's really been through this vessel of social media that's allowed me to reach a lot of people. So I'll, po I'll post a variety of different things. A lot of times what I'll do is, is I find a, a video that really outlines a point that I want to make. And, and in the beginning, what I would do is through the written caption is I would sit there and, and through more so just descriptive words, try to articulate what was happening in that jump. So people would get some context. Here's why that athlete was able to jump this high on this type of angle. Um, and it got to a point where a lot of people had the same questions like, well, what do you mean by this? What do you mean by this? And for me, it's like, well, I mean this, but you don't know. <laughs> so I had to find different ways to communicate my message and my terminology. So then I got into um, doing a little bit more of a analysis style post. So I will take a video through my technique app. I will speak over top of it, use animations to be able to outline elements of that jump and provide some, some global context to the jump. And I found that I've gotten a lot of really good response to being putting up that type of content and then reaching more and more people. So I, I do that. I, I'll post a video that I find suits my needs. I also do what's called express jump analysis where people can actually like pay for a service. They'll send me a, a video. And then the same thing I go through and, and I give them basically a snapshot at the the, the big kind of macro picture of what they could do um, to improve their jump. And I, I became a little bit better known work with some 15 minutes and add a couple inches to their jump, like right there. And I've, and I've done it countless times. And I, in the beginning, I was like, well, maybe I'm just getting lucky. But I've done it with brand new athletes. I did it with Team Canada athletes. I've done it with, you know, pro overseas athletes. It's really just a matter of understanding that these principles, no matter who you are, will never ever vary by kind, only by need. Really, it's just the application of the principles that change, not the principles themselves. So I, I've used the platform of Instagram through a variety of different posts to really try to drive home that message. And as a result, um, you know, the, the wave has started and I'm just trying to ride this wave and take as many opportunities as I can with workshops, with traveling. Uh, I do uh, what are called jump overhaul weekends where I've been uh, contracted a handful of times to go down and, and fly down to someone's uh, private residence. And I spend a weekend with them. We go like Friday through Sunday, three sessions. And the goal is really just a, a uh, workshop style education and then get them jumping higher, like on the spot. And then I stay connected to them as much as possible through, uh, through the remainder of their career. So uh, I love coaching, Jay, like my biggest thing, I, I love the human side of coaching more than I love the science side. I, I mean, I'm rooted in science and I think we all are, but what I love about what I do is just learning people, understanding people and helping them experience something that they might not have otherwise had the opportunity to. I love it, brother. I love it. And you're kicking ass and you're doing great things and you're sharing and you're helping all of us get better. And for that, I can't thank you enough, Tyler. And this is absolutely killer, bro. This is Appreciate a great it. 30 minutes. I'm truly grateful for your time, my man. People are going to love this. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jay, for having me, and uh, and I, I look forward to uh, more of your podcast. I'm a, I'm a fan as well, so I appreciate being invited on. Well, cheers, brother. I appreciate that. We'll be in touch real soon, my friend. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you.
And a huge thanks to Project Pure Athletes, Tyler Ray, for joining us today. Guys, I'm just open, honest, candid sharing, a man sharing what he's doing, how he's breaking this stuff down, how he's helping athletes perform this skill better. And, you know, I really can't thank Tyler enough, not just for his time today, but he is putting out some sensational stuff. So make sure you hop over to his YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash Project Pure Athlete. Make sure you give him a follow on Instagram at Project Pure Athlete because they are, they are putting out some awesome stuff. So, Tyler... Can't thank you enough for what you're doing, man. Can't thank you enough for your time. Absolutely killer, bro. It, it's sensational. So cheers to you, buddy. Keep it up. And as always, guys, if you did enjoy the talk, please share it through the social media outlet of your choice, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it may be. As always, we're just trying to get the best information out there to all the coaches we can. And as always, guys, thank you for everything that you do for us here at Central Virginia Sport Performance. We will be back next week with another awesome guest. We will see you then.